Is is there some way? <laughs> I thought I got you. I know that we can see each other, but I thought I got you. <laughs> you, you uh, there was like there was a half second there. I was like, wait a minute. No, oh, his I, mic's not working. No, I I heard background noise. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, congratulations! You you didn't get tricked by me. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. Well, hello there. Watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this Sunday slash Mother's Day? I am good. Speaking of which, uh, I still need to Skype my mom after this. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, uh, you know, RIP to, to my mom. I'm probably going to give my sisters a call. Although I talked to my sister Monica two days ago because it was her birthday. Shout out to my oldest sister, Monica. Nice. Whose birthday was, was from the time this episode released was three days ago. Um, and then. Uh, I, my sister Rebecca and I, we talked all day yesterday because we were talking about the Canelo Alvarez fight. So, oh, nice. but, yeah, in <laughs> fact, uh, that she and I start, and then she and I talked for like an hour about the fight after. So, like, she and I were literally talking until like 3 a.m. my time. Nice. Yeah, about boxing. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're all good. Nice. Um, and they're both doing well. Yeah, they're both doing well. Um, yeah, you know. Cool. Everything's everything is appears to be idyllic for them. Good. And enough and for and you know what? Everything appears to be idyllic for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is the movie that we watched this week. Uh continuing our action rom com mm-hmm. stretch that we've been going through. Um uh, it just was I mean, after watching Killers, it was just obvious that Killers was basically taking taking as many liberties as it could from Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like it was obviously inspired by. Mm-hmm. It could have they could have said inspired by a true story, and then just said we watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and then made a movie. <laughs> like that, yeah, really, like, really. It was inspired. <laughs> Inspired by a true movie. Yeah, that's what Killers felt like. So that uh, so because of that, I thought, well, we might as well watch the source material and just kind of because I haven't seen it since uh, it came out in theaters. Like, I know it's been one of those movies that's rerun a lot over the past 16 years since it came out. Yeah, that's fucking which was a, that was mind blowing to me, too, that it's been 16 years since the damn movie came out. Yeah, um, but um <laughs> Yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, I haven't seen this since it came out. And, you know, I remember liking it, but not loving it. Junior year of high school. Yeah. So I was just like, well, let's, why not check it out again? Do you remember, like you mentioned that you own the movie, although we both watched it. I fucking thought I did. I've literally scoured my DVD shelves looking for it. And I like... I don't know. I've gone over so many scenarios in my head, honestly, over the weekend because I keep thinking I have it somewhere, but I can't find it. So I thought I owned it. I've seen it enough times to probably own it is the point. Like I, I can remember like exactly how like the cardboard sleeve fits over the DVD case and like how they were posed (laughs) on the cover and everything, everything. I think it was even yeah. like one of those old school like embossed DVD cases where it has like the oh yeah the figures like, pushed out a little bit yeah like you fl- the unhinge the thing and then you take the or, oh no 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 those were cool too though those were those were like their own little 
God, it's just flashing back on how many gimmicks there were with DVDs when they first came out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was. Uh, I remember watching the hell out of this movie, especially around like yeah, junior senior year of high school, maybe into like freshman year of college, because my high school girlfriend was obsessed with it, and I was pretty into it too. I mean, especially in <laughs> especially in high school, some of those scenes. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, uh, yeah, there, those scenes, there's, I don't know, before I can even get into it, is this movie sexist? <laughs> yeah, I was noticing a lot of uh, just, I don't know that it was or even that it is. But I was noticing that I was suddenly more uncomfortable with scenes now than I ever mm-hmm. was when I first watched it in high school and early college. And, you know, obviously the movie hasn't changed. So that just makes me think that like, oh, OK, maybe that's it's a good thing. I'm. I'm growing. My perspective is changing. Like. Yeah, some of like the fact that her guns are hidden behind the oven and his are be under the tool shed. There's subtle stuff like that. I guess that's not that subtle, but I mean, but even then, also just all the different things, like everything, like for instance, when they put them on the same hit, um, in the desert, he's driving the buggy. Yeah, listening to nothing but a good time and pissing out in the desert, and he's playing and he's doing more, com- you know, comedic effect bullshit. Right. And she's out there like every instance, or like, you know, he's the drunk dude coming into the poker game and killing Lucky and his mates in the in that bar, and right. he plays this drunk. He plays the drunk comedic effect, everything. She's out there in, or she fucking is the one who has to play a, a dominatrix. She play, she, yeah. She plays a dominatrix. Like, yeah. And they put her in as a dominatrix in order to get to a, a gun runner to then break his neck and everything else like that. It's like, and he uh, shoots, he, he shoots his way out and she just effortlessly glides away from the problem. Yeah. And it's like, and, well, they make up for it at certain times too, where she's like, you know, arguing about the bigger gun when they're in the basement. And he's like, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Um, you know, in, other, in plenty of other ways. She looks at the mannequins when they're in the store towards the end. And she's like, like looking her up and down, like judging the mannequin for being too like ditzy and, and everything. <laughs> and she's sitting there reloading mm-hmm. her gun. So there's there's cool scenes like that, too. But yeah. Some of those... It's- yeah, it, it's just, it, I mean, and it, part of it was just like, how much of this is the writing of the movie itself and how much of this is because it's 2005? Right. You know, and like all this other sort of stuff, I don't know, it's just. I think here was my summary yeah. or here was my take on it, because I had the same question throughout the movie in my own brain. But my take on it is that. I think I think most of it, if not even all of it, was just for like it was for movie's sake. It's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's already setting up for this very stereotypical American perfect couple. And we take mm-hmm. the perfect suburban couple who are surrounded by other perfect suburban couples. I'm using air quotes. And yeah. And going the exact opposite end of the spectrum where they're both so fucking chaotic that they're like literally trying to blow each other up. That's why it starts with the the marriage counselor too. It's like their marriage is, is literally blowing up. <laughs> Let's make it as comedic, yeah. but also as stereotypical as possible. And we're using those stereotypes to be comedic. So I, I think it's that and paired with, We've also grown up and now we have a little bit more of a, I don't know, sensitive filter for stuff like that, I guess. Yeah, which is something that I've, I've definitely been thinking about recently. 
just the changes in what was accepted societally is societally in in like speech and everything that we no longer accept oh yeah and of course everyone calls it like oh cancel culture and this and that and I, I mean i miss being able to say what i want to say and it's like i mean there's a fine line between you know being censored and just not wanting to get checked by people for acting acting up you know what i'm saying like yeah i I, like i would make i would equate it to like if you were making a like a sandwich on the counter and then like a little bit of like mustard or mayo like fell off your butter knife and you know fell onto the counter and you decide i'll clean it up later and you just leave it there that shit up (laughs) you decide you're going to leave it there and just like not clean it up at the moment. And then, you know, whoever you're, you know, whoever you're sharing the domicile with is like telling you, Hey, Hey, clean that up. Like you just, just grab a, like grab a paper towel and clean that up. Like it's like, that's the right thing to do. You, You like clean up your mess. Right. I feel like people who complain about cancel culture and being censored at this point are just people who don't want to clean up the the mayo they just dropped on the counter. They're just like, oh, fuck. like it's fine, it's whatever, and like, yeah, and it's just like, no, you're being lazy. You're you're just being lazy, and you don't want to do what you're supposed to do in the first place. It's not it's not a matter of you're being censored. It's a matter of you want to just be slav a sloven dick. And and yeah. people are asking you to be better and, and do what you're supposed to do. Well, it also takes a certain person to actually be receptive to inputs like that. There's a lot of people that yeah. don't know that they're making mistakes that, and then also pair that with don't want to know. So yeah. it's not in their eyes, they're not doing anything wrong. And that's more frustrating. Uh, yeah, I mean, and just like, yeah and i mean i i feel like we could let's go ahead and talk about the movie statistics yeah we can we can get deep into that reviews because i feel like that's kind of the main discussion topic of this film and of and for today's episode is going to be about the time that this movie came out and how this script was supposed like this was an action movie that had this unique script and that was the the selling point, which led to, you know, the reception that it received and everything else like that. So we'll get into it after I go into the uh, stats here and the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but Mr. and Mrs. Smith is a 2005 American action romantic comedy film directed by Doug Lyman and written by Simon Kinberg. It stars Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie as a bored, upper-middle-class married couple, surprised to learn that they are assassins belonging to competing agencies and that they have been assigned to kill each other. Besides being a box office hit, Mr. and Mrs. Smith also established Pitt and Jolie's personal relationship. Oh, yeah. And that was another big... I forgot about that. Yes, there's... There's a lot to discuss regarding this film. Um, The film was released worldwide June 10th, 2005. Um, And then, well, at least in the United States, sorry, not worldwide. Um, The running time of the film is 120 minutes and it feels every bit of that. Yeah, it was a bit long. It was a bit long. But it is, it is, it has a good ebb and flow to it. It does. There is like a, a two movie feel to it. Yeah. Like the first movie and the second film, you know? Well, and then which... even like throughout it has like it, there's some good, like suspenseful moments followed by great action moments, followed by like these tender moments, it's this nice ebb and flow. So it is, it is long though. It definitely feels yeah. every, every minute of it. Uh, how much did they spend to make this film, what was its budget? Fifty? No, 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 no. Man, 
Yeah, 57 million. You know, that's a, a good guess for half the film. Seriously? They spent $110 million. Oh my God, I thought I was high. <laughs> you, well, see, you're still thinking rom-coms. This is an action film. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's, Fuck. yeah. Um, so how, how much, much did it make? 100 and what? 110 million was the budget. Jesus. Okay. How much did it make in the worldwide box office? $260 million. $487.3 million. God damn. There's a reason they paid so much for Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in these large set pieces. Because they knew it was going to sell a shit ton worldwide if they did. Uh, well, yeah, they. I think they gambled right. Oh, wow. Son of a... What? Uh, sorry, folks, but I, I uh, just realized as I look uh, as they look on, uh, I got sports on in the background, and here's our fantasy baseball update. Oh, that, 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 that fantasy baseball update. What happened? Uh, Max and I are playing each other. Yeah, this was such a bad fucking idea. We did not think this through. Like <laughs> The day um, we're recording is also the last day of the matchup. Why? Well, um, to basically fo- follow the trend that I've been falling down this year, um, <laughs> my, te- my team hasn't been very good. Uh, and then what I ended up doing is I left Chris Paddock on my injured list because he's been out, but he is now scheduled to start today. I did not read or see that anywhere. He did not have a probable by his name or any sort of note. So now I can't take him off my injured list to start him. So he will be on my injured list for whatever he gets today. Um, I hope he has a bad start. (laughs) <laughs> because it won't affect me. He'll probably just but get negative he, points. Yeah. If he ends up scoring like 20 some odd points or he like has eight strikeouts today, I will be very, very sad. Oh, he's pitching against the Giants against Cueto. Yes. Don't worry. The Giants are going to fuck him up. Don't worry. That's that's the plan. They've been they have been eating pitchers like Paddock alive the last week or two. So you're fine. You know, and you know why they've been eating pitchers like Paddock alive? Why? Because the Giants are good at baseball. <laughs> it's not where I thought you were going with that. I I didn't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I, I, I got lost on the sauce on that. We, we can edit this out. <laughs> no, no, it's being left in. Um, it's partly being left in because I don't know how we're going to reach 45 minutes without it. There's a, there's a lot to talk. There's like really one thing to talk about regarding this film, I feel. And then once we talk about it, like, I think there's a few things we can talk about. I mean, cause like the plot of the film's not necessarily good or really anything to write home about. Like, it's just like a spy movie with like a convoluted spy storyline. Yeah. I don't, you know, which I dig. It is what it is. If you like that kind of shit, it's fucking phenomenal. And so, and like, so really what the movie's about is about how the dialogue fits within the type of movie that it is. The stars, it's themselves and how their interpersonal relationship like basically creating theories based off of their interpersonal relationship and what happened to it. Um, and then also just gender, gender politics 16 years later. Like that's pretty much the, the, the bullet points that I want to hit with this discussion. And we also talked about fantasy baseball. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got it up in the background here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but uh, before we we get those bullet points, 
let's go to Rotten Tomatoes real quick. See if Rotten Tomatoes will give us a nice little segue into what do we got? the what first we thing got? we'll talk about. Um, if this will open for me, there we go. 215 reviews for this film. Okay. What is the Rotten Tomatoes score for Mr. and Mrs. Smith? 96%. They're wrong. How in the hell did you think this was 96%? I don't know, because it's a fucking fantastic film. I still think it's fantastic. Is I it? love this movie. I love this <laughs> it's fucking like, movie. I mean, it's fun. But it's fun I, as fantastic? fuck. I think so. Uh, <laughs> uh, the critics' consensus, although this action romance suffers from weak writing and one too many explosions. The chemistry generated by on-screen couple Pitt and Jolie is palpable enough to make this a thoroughly enjoyable summer action flick. Oh, I certainly agree with the chemistry. God damn. That's still there. It's nice to know even as a 15-year-old, I wasn't fooled by that. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let's see. It's... Uh... Richard Propes of the Independent, uh, the Independent Chief Review. I, I don't know. It, it for some reason it, I can't see where he's writing from. But he wrote his blurb here on Rotten Tomatoes was: "It's consistently funny, often charming, and occasionally insightful." Um, yeah, that's yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that one. Uh, the uh, Matthew Lucas of the Dispatch in Lexington, North Carolina, uh, wrote the perfect brand of mindless summer popcorn fodder. Uh. <laughs> Just pretty much, yeah. Um, while uh, Cole Smithy of ColeSmithy.com. I don't know. I guess they get counted okay. as well. Uh, <laughs> gave the movie a C minus. Uh, the pretty on-screen union of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie is the only thing Mr. and Mrs. Smith offers an audience beyond a re- relentlessly repetitive series of gunfights and car chases, wherein so many bullets are fired that you feel like you're witnessing a, and it cuts off. <laughs> as it should. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> They're not wrong with that run-on sentence. Uh, Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Craze wrote, For a retread of true lies, I expected much more. This is not true lies. <laughs> Nick Nunziata wrote, Mr. Mrs. Smith is a playful film, sort of a War of the Roses by way of true lies. <laughs> and it never tries to preach or give its characters some crisis of conscience. It's not true lies. I would argue that true lies is even more sexist. Well, that one was written in that one came out in 94. Exactly. So most likely. Yes. Uh, I mean, but sorry, but Angelina Jolie is way fucking hotter in this movie because she's like, she holds her own. She doesn't fucking need Brad Pitt. And Garth Franklin wrote a fun little action romp that will play well with the audience it is aiming for. So long as they don't go in with any major expectations. Yeah. And that is exactly what this movie is, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I I go back to the, you know, the the one that talked about the occasionally insightful. That is kind of what I was thinking of the very first, like the beginning of the movie. This movie could cut about 20 minutes out if they decided to not pursue the deeper, you know, what is, what does it mean to be in a relationship and a marriage question? Like that's kind of the hook of the film. That's what makes the film feel slightly different as a action film. Mm-hmm. Cause action film, you just expect, you know, a lot of blow ups and booms and cars driving and bullets and down, right, right. but at the same time, this one has this, you know, I I tweeted it as I live tweeted this film again. I, re- I did it two weeks in a row, guys. Red Stone Pod on Twitter. Um, but I tweeted, you know, 
in, in like how can we live in a world where assassins are also afflicted by ennui? <laughs> well, and they got problems, and, man. They need to see therapists yeah, too, man. I know, and that's like that's the whole hook of the film, which is just like, yeah, oh, that's the comedic you know, ass- <clears throat> assassins. They have marriage problems too, um, and that's the whole thing that is interesting to me in regard in regards to the film is that there's a interesting commentary on married life at the beginning of this film, but they do nothing to prepare it with like they have very little to no foundation because of the fact that they just show, Oh, they met in Bogota. They banged a bunch. And then six weeks later, he decided he was going to get married with married to her. Well, I think that's the point is that they, they didn't really. And, yeah. That, yeah. And then on top of that, also like, then they just like, they play married basically with each other. Right. They use each other as a cover as opposed to actually, you know, love each other. And then that's the whole idea of, do they actually love each other or not? That's the, will they won't they of the film right. that they're trying to play up to and everything else. At the same time, it's just there's a film in here where, like, if this was an indie film, I could see Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie also playing a married couple who isn't happy. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and then I think they had a movie where they played a couple that were like in a hotel room and just argued the whole time, like in 2013 or 2014. What the fuck? Really? I, I I shit you not. Um, Why would you I watch want... that? Uh, because not you, not supposed... you specifically. No, 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 not you specifically. I know, but like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Jesus. I'm going to try to find that film. Uh, but like. I mean, I think they, I think, <laughs> I think you're right that they have done something else before. And I'm, I'm remembering that. But so uh, you you feel like they should have so you feel like they we have these two we have two movies really we have this action movie and then we have this indie relationship married couple movie and yeah and they're trying to merge the two and you think it would be better without the indie married couple movie. I feel like you just like this film is already too long. So why would you not just like cut that part out? Like it it feels like they're trying to play that part up a little bit so that you want to cheer for them as in a, as a romance and everything else like that. But they don't, but they're like, they try to like, they try to, they try to like point it out enough. Like, Hey, hey, you see that? Keep that in mind, but okay. Now come back here. And it just feels like the love story of the film. And since we're a rom-com podcast, we look at the love stories of the film, right? But it feels like the love story of the film is one of those things where it's just like, okay, I built this part off to the side. We'll put it back with the rest of the building when it's time. Like, but like they built it separately and they're just going to add it on at the top. Like when, when it's ready to be added on to the main building that they're building. You know what I mean? Right. I, and so it just, hmm. it, it felt weird watching it. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, so then, I, I think I actually liked that part. I think I, I liked the, the kind of, uh, marriage dynamic that they had and that they kept including and that eventually became you know this the like the setting the physical setting for the the beginning of their war with each other their shooting of each other you know inside the house and then in the kitchen like where they've had all these meals and these talks where they haven't said what they've needed to now it's literally exploding (laughs) 
it's becoming their battleground. Like, I don't know. I kind of like from a rom-com perspective, I dug that like super obvious metaphorical allusion to, you know, a marriage falling apart or a relationship falling apart because of a lack of communication. And because of who they are, it's, you know, for the rest of us, it turns into big arguments and fighting and screaming at each other and maybe throwing dishes and stuff. But (laughs) for them, it turns into fucking literally shooting at each other and trying to end each other because of who they are, which is assassins. So it's like a, I don't know, a comedic and literal take on relationship dynamics, I guess, is how I was looking at it. And I liked that kind of merging of the two. Yeah, true. And and of course, this is all this is all lost on me when I first watched the film, because I was 16, 17 years old. And it was just, oh, look at how hot Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are like, you know, who are fucking ridiculously hot. Like, yeah. And 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 everything else. By the way, I figured out what the film was. It's even more uh, awkward than you could think. So the movie between <laughs> Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie is a <laughs> it, it was made in 2015. Uh, it's called By the Sea. It was written and directed by Angelina Jolie. Uh-oh. Uh It was produced by it was Produced by both Jolie and Brad Pitt. Uh-oh. Uh, so they got together. So the, the, the story is that they fell in love while filming this movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, I, they, I, they, I remember this, but only like bits yeah. and pieces. So let's take me through this. So Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were married at the time. Right. Um, and they had been and they had been together since the late 90s. Um, and then basically toward the end of their marriage, like they get separated at the beginning of oh five, like I think oh five. Um, OK, they get separate. They get separated close to our like their marriage is on the close to the outs, basically. Right. By the time right. They film this movie. And so. As they're filming the movie, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie say that they fell in love during like filming this movie. Um, they insist that there was no infidelity or anything happened during the filming. But then after the film like comes out, like in 2005, um, Pitt and Aniston's divorce is finalized in 2005. And right away, he's being seen with Angelina Jolie and hanging out with her. And so in 05, like slash 06, he's already basically in a committed relationship with Jolie. And then uh, by and then basically Jolie is pregnant with like their first child and gives birth. Oh, shit. I forgot about Uh, that. And and then. they basically were together officially from 06 to 16. Uh, 16 is when Jolie um, filed for divorce. They got married in 2014. So they were together for eight years before they got married. What? And this is important because Fire the Sea came out in 2015. It was shot. In August of 2014, during their honeymoon. Oh, my God. The plot of the film, uh, which once again was written and directed by Angelina Jolie. Jesus Christ. uh, In the 1960s, in France, an American couple, former dancer Vanessa and her husband Roland, a successful writer, have been married for 14 years. Sure. (laughs) Interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Um, and then <laughs> they drive to a coastal hotel. Roland wants to write a story while staying there. The two are barely on speaking terms. Vanessa is withdrawn and grieving for an unknown reason. Uh, I believe her mother died of cancer and 
the 2000 late 2000s early 2010s and that's been said that she's never really kind of gotten past that mm. or anything like that um either that either her or him i, I think it's her i think it's usually anyway um roland appears to drink too much and seems unhappy that vanessa is no longer interested in him sexually <laughs> Of course, soon after uh, the divorce happened, Brad Pitt came out as an alcoholic and is currently sober and rec- and is a recovering alcoholic. So, um, <laughs> Jesus. Well, this is our yeah, af- this is our after ever after. <laughs> <laughs> And then Vanessa and Roland strike up a friendship with an attractive young couple staying in the room next to them. Soon after, they discover that the wall between their two rooms has a disused radiator pipe hole, enabling them to watch the couple in their bedroom talking and having sex. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Are you? Jesus. And then gradually their experiences at the hotel enable Vanessa and Roland to start patching up their relationship. However, Vanessa attempts a liaison with the young husband in the next room, which is interrupted violently by Roland, who has been watching through the wall. What the fuck? I and so on and so forth. Uh, well, as it ends as Vanessa and Roland leave the hotel and drive away, they appear to be reconciled. So there's a lot to unpack here. And honestly, this all feels like this shouldn't have anything to do with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but Mr. and Mrs. Smith has taken on this identity of the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie relationship in real life. Yeah. For unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. It, if if you can the, separate the, the two, it's a great movie. Yeah. If you like, I'll be honest, my verdict's going to be fuck because it's just like, it's fun. It's a fun movie to watch once, right. like or twice maybe. And if you just turn your brain off, there's a lot of fun to be had. If you right. look at it right. as a cartoon, it's fun. You know, like the cartoonish aspect of Brad Pitt kicking Angelina Jolie behind a couch or when he kicks the guy yeah. and he runs over. Like, or all the fucking bullets or the fact that they literally shot up a goddamn Ikea and then the next scene is everything's <laughs> hunky dory, and they're talking to a counselor about how good the sex is now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this movie single-handedly taught me that refrigerators are bulletproof. Yes, that too. <laughs> um, so, so all of that, like, if you so basically, yeah, that's that's gonna be my verdict. We'll um, we'll uh, come back to that at the end. But what's really at play here is the fucking. <laughs> just the interpersonal dynamics between Jolie and Pitt in real life. Yeah. And how did they, it's just the source material for Mr. and Mrs. Smith just did not seem strong or good enough to help develop a fucking relationship between these two i just don't get well they they decided to fall in love they were trying to do i think they were trying to do um see everyone all those critics were saying true lies here's what i've always seen this as this is romancing the stone like trying to be romancing the stone kind of relationship but going to a level of oh fuck i had it uh damn it i lost it come back to me but it's like it's starting with the romancing the stone like that that kind of like archetype like that like messed up dynamic where you throw two people together into this chaotic situation and they bond and they develop a relationship and it's like forged from this this mutual you know experience together kind of thing Oh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's what it is. Yeah. It's romancing the stone mixed with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's like this bromantic relationship turned into an actual romantic relationship. 
mixed with the same Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid type scenes where they bust out of there shooting at everyone and they got their backs to each other. Except, you know, it obviously ends a lot more poorly for Butch and Sundance, but... Um, yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. I, I, see what you, I see what you're saying there. Um, it, it, like, the thing is, Romancing the Stone... Romancing the Stone, that relationship in that for that movie is what they do in Bogota. Like they yeah. make a whole yep. hour 45 movie out of the Bogota adventure. Yep. This film is the aftermath. Uses, <laughs> uses like Bogota for five minutes. Yep. And so they take five, the five minutes of like Romancing the Stone and then create a whole, uh, create a interpersonal relationship drama that also happens to be an action film. So Jewel of the and, Nile. Yeah. <laughs> Which is <laughs> I mean, I'm fucking how fucking flawed was their dynamic in that? I just, well, I mean <laughs> Well, I guess then we're just done. <laughs> you can even go with like you can even go with the parallels of, you know, when they're talking on the phone. And she says, when I saw him and when I saw you, I thought that's the most beautiful mark I've ever seen. Right. Or whatever. But like in like she plays it off and that's their equivalent of the, well, we had a good run, kid. Huh? <laughs> like every time that they like half break up, like they keep like playing relationship chicken with each other. Yes. Throughout the yes. Oh my God. Yes. In Jewel of the Nile and in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The fucking relationship chicken bullshit. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, they're. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, this was a modern day Jewel of the Nile. This was. And and then these two people in real life playing out this script are like. Yeah, that's where it gets fucking weird. I really love this person. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> they, they literally looked at the only the positives of this film, much like they want the audience to only look at the pos- the fun stuff of this action film and to not think too deeply about all the flaws and critical thinking that happened within this fucking film, <laughs> which is like, which is what action films do. They basically are just like, hey, stop trying to critically think about this film and just enjoy all the blow-ups. Well, hang on, hang on. What not that what rom-coms are? Come on. Rom-coms are the opposite. They're just like, hey, enjoy these two hot people getting together. Yeah, but it's and... it's the same level of like suspension of disbelief. Well, I mean, that you take shitty, rom-com- <laughs> shitty rom-coms, yes. Well, but like... <laughs> Most rom coms, like, yeah. I mean, good rom coms, the ones that that we've married, like, aren't like don't necessarily do that. Um, when Harry met Sally, for instance. Yeah, yeah. You know, but nonetheless, it's just Hitch. We married that. You married that. I fucked it. Oh well. I might yeah, we, I might revise that rating. <laughs> I mean that's for that hun- that hundredth episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just the, Where the fuck the, were we? I was talking about Jolie and Pitt and Oh yeah. That that whole I, like extra personal dynamic like, is weird. Extremely. It just it, 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 like it, it makes it uncomfortable. Part. Yeah, I I uncomfortable is a good way to describe it. And then, then there's the I mean, we talked about the gender dynamics of this film, like the fact that Angelina Jolie's like sex yeah. appeal is what's used in the film. And I mean, that's just, but that's just who Angelina Jolie and what Angelina Jolie was like known for as an actress at right. that time. And it's just like I mean, fucking also, Laura Croft, man. Like, yeah, and and there's a lot of like you know Tomb Raider, right? Uh, a lot of Tomb Raider like motifs and like 
shots of the film that look like yep. they were deleted scenes from Tomb Raider. Right, right. You know, in this film. And so it's just a matter of the whole entire film. You know, they're just like, oh, we're going to shoot Angelina Jolie just like we would shoot Angelina Jolie normally. And we're going to shoot Brad Pitt like we would shoot Brad Pitt normally. And we're just going to let these two be movie stars and laugh all the way to the bank. And that's pretty much what they did. As they should, though. I mean, Uh, I mean, if they didn't, we'd be sitting here complaining that they they didn't take advantage of them, you know? Like, why hire yeah. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt if you're not going to, like, show them off kind of thing? True. But at the same time, I don't know. It, it, Maybe they relied on it too much. Like, they didn't have... Movie... Or maybe you're missing out, like, you're missing a better script or a better plot to surround them. Yeah. This movie just felt like, you know, oh, that was fun. <laughs> just... That that's all it is. This is just supposed. It's just supposed to be fun. That's it. Um, yeah. And yeah. And I. But the thing is, because of the dialogue in the film and the fact that you know Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are above average actors, so they know how to give a look as if they're feeling something. You know that was my that was the door to the oh hey, Jesus. trash. In, in my um, in my ear like headset it sounded like like an explosion sound effect like an electronic explosion sound <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so i was like um, what the fuck did i just hear is there a game going on in the background no nah. <laughs> um but like just the whole dynamic between i mean, just like the whole like the looks yeah. that they have and yeah you know when she says when she tells him to kill you know like she's like come on come on like you know when he's giving yes. himself up and, oh my god yeah it's just like you're asking for us to respect this movie on a dramatic level that you've give you've barely like here's the level of like minimum ass of effort <laughs> and he literally is just like you're just a tick above it you're just a tick above minimum ass effort as far as making this movie make sense dramatically and you're asking for credit and it's just like like it, it's it, 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 it's this it reminds me of a joke from chris rock where he talks about like he talks about dudes who have like basically dudes who have the the lowest of like expectations mm-hmm. he's like like that brag about the stupidest shit he's like uh, you know a dude would be walking around just like i ain't never been to jail mm-hmm. you ain't supposed to go to jail you low <laughs> expectation having motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like this film is just like oh we showed them be sad about a possible marriage dissolution I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to show them be sad about a possible marriage dissolution, you dumb movie. Like, what do you want, a cookie? You know, just. Well. (laughs) It's just. So it's just like, no, no, no. Just accept what you are, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You're just a a half step above uh, just any other action film with bullets and explosions and like you're and everything else, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, I don't know. And it should be, and as a film, it should be okay with that identity, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think you have to, it's just another movie that you go into. Like we're not, we're not going into it with Harry. When Harry met Sally expectations, you're going into it with like silly rom-com. Yeah. Or silly, you know, action movie. I don't know. I, I, I think maybe it's like now that I actually have real experience under my belt since watching this <laughs> in high school mm-hmm. and since being in that relationship that at the time I thought was going to be the relationship for my lifetime. Um, <laughs> you know, like now that I've had some 
extra dating experience and real relationship, adult relationship experience. I don't know. It, uh, it was kind of fun for me to look back on and like have with a different perspective. I, I think I saw deeper into their dynamic in the movie. Like uh, there was, I don't know, there's some of their dynamic when they're playing house and shit that it just, it's very like, yeah, they're two fucking assassins, but even outside of that, some of the dialogue and stuff, I don't know. It's, it, it hit home where it felt more real. And it's like, Oh shit. Now that I like have lived through stuff like that, like some of this is still pretty normal you know, or not assassiny. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for me anyway, uh, that was an interesting, like, I don't know, level to see through. Interesting, way to, uh, interesting viewpoint for the film. Yeah. A new perspective. Yeah. Well, as far as what happens after or after, uh, we already discussed that. It's a movie called By the Sea, which was... <laughs> Written and directed by <laughs> Yeah, I know I know what we're watching next. Uh no. <laughs> no not watching that. Um, and, uh, and then as far as the kiss of the film, uh I don't know. What do you think of the kiss of the film is? I think it's when they're in the kitchen fucking pointing the guns at each other and the lights are off and 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 she single handedly made me appreciate brunettes in white shirts. Um, and she's screaming at him, fucking come on. <laughs> and then they finally kiss. And then they just yeah. Yeah, drop the guns and bone. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that whole scene and lead up is pretty iconic. Yeah. Um, that fight scene. And, yeah. And I think like, you know, and the kiss itself is pretty good. You know, it's just, at the same time, the relationship in general is just, as I mentioned, they they give a you know a, an above average effort on this relationship. At the same time, it's still hard to care about them as a relationship because you're still like, you guys don't still don't really know each other <laughs> like you, at all. This is before all like the witty comments and like everything else and like finding out each other's number and you know that she was an orphan and yada yada. Right. And all that. Right. Um, I would give the, I'd, I'd give it a B for the kiss web of lies. <laughs> a B. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, well, let's see here. 16 year old me would have obviously given it like an a plus plus. I can, thankfully say that i no longer agree with that okay but i am still gonna give it a pretty high mark i'm gonna give it an a minus i dig the passion behind it and really the only mark against it is like just knowing the history behind the two actors now (laughs) it just kind of (laughs) like it taints it (laughs) yeah but uh, it, otherwise, I dig the passion in the scene, and it's it's still a pretty hot moment. It's it's great. And uh, as far as the verdict for the film, you already know what I think. Uh, I'd fuck the movie. It, it it is fun. They are, and they are pretty good at being who they are in this film. Like they just they do pop off the screen and everything else like that. Um, but it's just a fuck it's it, it, it's not something that you have to continually come back to yeah what do you think i would actually still marry it <laughs> <laughs> i dig it i mean you know i'm not i'm not gonna marry it the same way i, I would have obviously when i was a teen but it's still i at least for me anyway someone who digs like action movies. I love like all the James Bond movies and everything. So I always love that element of it. And, and I, I go in with that suspension of disbelief where I'm just like, yeah, whatever I'm going to see in the next two hours is some crazy ass bullshit. Um, so I think going into it with that perception kind of sets up for 
for the all the bullshit in the relationship dynamic too and the plot so i would i'd i'd marry it i think it's still good and i like being able to see that see into the relationship dynamic from a new angle from an i don't know from a more experienced angle I, mm-hmm. I I saw a nice ebb and flow, a roller coaster of emotions, you know, the same kind of emotions that, you know, couples go through when, when you do get to a point where you stop communicating and mm-hmm. neither of you intend for it to happen, but it, it's just, it's there. And there's a lot of emotions that come with it. I, th- I thought, I thought it was kind of clever that they were able to accomplish that, or at least make me as a, as a viewer feel those emotions again as a roller coaster as a relationship dynamic and feel that along with them but then parse it with this fucking like completely bullshit plot line of an action movie <laughs> where it's just like comes busted in and is like oh boom we're not a fucking serious movie after all bitch look at this comedic ass bullshit busting in like mm. i kind of like that I don't know. I still dig that. And I like digging it from a new angle. So I, I'd, I'd marry it. All right. Well, uh, you can find us uh, on social media at, on Instagram at Romancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together. Uh, you can find our Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. That's where you'll find the live tweets and such. Uh, then you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in super. So S-U-P-R Market Sweep. And you can find uh, my Instagram at Relusa88. And that's R-E-L-U-S-A-8. And then Max. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. And on Twitter, you can find me at the Lionhearted with an underscore instead of a period. Fantastic. And it is your turn to choose the movie. All right. Uh, we're going to wind down with with one more semi-action. Not really action. But with two people that we've seen before, but not together. Again. Hugh Grant. Sarah Jessica Parker. You ever heard of this movie? No, I, 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 it sounds vaguely familiar, but right. Mickey, is it Mickey blue eyes? Nope. I don't know. This was, uh, 2009. Yeah. I only vaguely remember hearing about it. I've never seen it. I thought we'd give it a shot. It's called, did you hear about the Morgans? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. you never um, seen it, right? No. I... I'm interested. Oof. Okay. I mean, the synopsis looks like it's kind of on par with with what we've been doing, too, so... I... I have a hard time imagining them together. And I just have a hard time. Ima- like, yeah, I I remember, I remember hearing of this film. Right. It's like, it's vague. I, I remember hearing of this film and I just, it, and then it just dissolving into the ether, much like other bad rom-coms do. Right. So my expectations are extremely low. Mine too. I mean, it's Sarah Jessica it, Parker. Um, me, so. Well, I'm glad you chose it then with your low expectations. <laughs> well, it's again, it's a chance to like see some new shit that kind of fits the genre we've been rolling with and kind of wrap it up. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I blame myself. I should have, I should have gotten out of this genre. I'm tired of these rom com action rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, this is the last it, one. This will be the last one. Uh, yeah, it will be. It definitely will be. Um, all right. Well, until then, <laughs> I mean, we, we are romancing the stone after all, like we are named after an action rom-com. Yeah. 
that's very 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 true (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well until then for the tens and tens of listeners we love y'all and we thank you for listening we will catch you next week peace out love you guys